0: Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now it's time to listen to this week's message. I want to read one scripture. To start this morning, it's found in James chapter 5, the book of James, chapter 5, beginning in verse 7. James 5 and verse 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. I want to preach a message to you today titled, The Expectant. Will you say that with me? The expectant, let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that he is Lord over this church. I thank you I stand here today graced by you, Lord Jesus, as a gatekeeper. And Lord, we say that we open up this church and we open up the gates of our heart and our mind and our lives to the lordship of Jesus. And we stand against the gates of hell that will not prevail. We thank you, Lord, that you build your church, and you build your church by your anointing, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and by your word. May it run swiftly today. God, I pray that in your light we would see light, that you would captivate hearts and minds with your authority today, that you would draw us into you, that we would hear from you and never be the same. In Jesus Christ's name, I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Notice that the farmer waits patiently. Waits patiently for the precious fruit of the earth, but don't misunderstand and don't be confused. This is not a patience that leads to passivity. But this is a patience that leads to expectancy. It makes me think of Jesus' disciples and what they may be felt When Jesus looked at them in the intimate, close moments, John 15 and verse 16, and He says these words to them. He says in John 15 and verse 16, You did not choose Me, but I chose you, and appointed you. and You should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in My name, He may give you. He may give you. I wonder what they felt in those moments. There was a patience there, a patience till Pentecost, but it was a patience that was expectant. There are three main points I want us to focus on from Jesus' statement here in John 15. They are appointed, should go, and bear fruit. They are appointed, should go, and bear fruit. Before we look at each of these, I want us to remember the context of what we are reading about here that John the Apostle has recorded for us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking with the eleven. Judas Iscariot has already left to betray our Lord and Jesus, and he reminds them in these moments, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Now I need to say up front today that there's no need for speculation on what type of choosing he is referring to. The Gospels record exactly what Jesus is referring to when He chose them after spending all night in prayer with the Father to be with Him for ministry. He chose them out of the rest of the disciples. He chose them out of the rest of the followers. He chose them out of the rest of the world that they would be with Him in ministry. In fact, Mark 3 and 13 records this event. It says, And He went up on the mountain and called to them those He Himself wanted, and they came to Him. Then He appointed twelve, that they might be with Him, and that He might send them out to preach. That's ministry. See, this sending is the early rain and their experience of following Jesus. The latter rain would happen at Pentecost as recorded in Acts chapter 2 by by Dr. Luke, and we have the rest of Acts regarding the fruit that came forth after the early and the latter rain came in their life. Now, notice again that this choosing is not regarding salvation. This choosing is not regarding eternal life or eternal death. It's a choosing for ministry fruitfulness. He says, I chose you and appointed you. Let's talk about number one today, appointed. The Greek word appointed means to make. It means Jesus says, I have made you something. It means to set you up, to put you in a place to ordain you. Jesus looks at the 11 in those moments and he says, I need you to know something, that you are appointed. I have made you into something. You are appointed one. I have chosen you. I've set you up. I've brought you and put you into a place now where you are ordained and you are appointed under the new covenant now that Jesus has established through his death and burial and resurrection. We see this truth, for instance, for us, even in the new covenant. In Ephesians 2 and verse 10, notice what the apostle Paul says. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now this isn't created in your mother's womb. This isn't talking about when you were born. This is talking about the new birth. He says, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice, for those of us that are the new creation, that have been born again under the new covenant, He says that you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus through the new birth, that He has made you for good works. He has put you in a right place. He's put you in a place of righteousness for good works to come forth in your life. He has set you up out of the miry clay. He's brought you up out of sin. He's brought you up out of despair for good works. He he has ordained you for good works. He's prepared you for that which He has prepared for you. I'll say it again. He has prepared you for that which He has prepared for you. See, I am made for this. I am made to be fruitful in this. I am made to be fruitful in life. I'm made to be fruitful in this season. I'm made to be fruitful in that season. I have been set up by the Lord to be fruitful. Hallelujah. I am appointed to be fruitful. I wish someone would go ahead and testify and say right there next to your neighbor, I am appointed. I'm appointed by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me ask you, how does having an appointment affect people? Well, yes, the type of appointment matters. You have a doctor's appointment, maybe there's fear and anxiety. Maybe because of that you make excuses and cancel the appointment and put it off and seek to delay. Maybe you have an appointment to get a U.S. passport so that you can travel the world and see the beauty of God to celebrate the cultures all made by one God. We're all... One race, the human race. Come on, made from one blood. You better say amen, I'll stay here and preach it. One race, but maybe you're going to get your U.S. passport to travel. What do you do when you have that type of appointment where you're excited to be able to get access to the rest of the world and God's creation and other nations and for some of you to travel to places far and broad that you've longed to see? Long to experience. What do you do? You make sure you have all the needed information. You make sure you're on time. You make sure you look halfway decent because they're going to take your picture and put it in that passport. And if you if you don't look somewhat like yourself when you show up, they ain't going to let you in. <laughs> See, what about you have an appointment with someone you consider of great worth? What about you have an appointment for for work that has the potential to lead to great rewards in the upcoming quarter. See, I have found people with positive appointments act different. I have found people with positive appointments think different. I have found people with a positive appointment expect differently. They prepare. They get ready. They get cleaned up. Someone asked me this week in a meeting, they said, do you take a shower every day? I just smiled and said, well, it depends on what's got to take place that day. (laughs) See, but if I got an appointment, if I got a meeting, if I got an appointment with someone valuable like you, you can be assured I'm going to get cleaned up. I'm going to get prepared. I'm going to get ready. See, people that have positive appointments, they plan how to get to the meeting place on time. They are hopeful. They're proactive. They're engaged in the necessary process to ensure to get to the appointment Well, I'm appointed by Jesus. And I'm appointed by Jesus with divine appointments. I have appointments to be fruitful for the Father's glory. And I have another reminder card. You remember the reminder card you got last week? Well, I got another reminder card right here in Scripture that tells me I have a divine appointment and it's going to be fruitful for my Father. I have seasons of divine appointment ahead of me. I have seasons of fruitfulness ahead of me. I got a reminder card right here. How does that change your perspective and attitude when you wake up? How does that change your expectation level as you go throughout each day? How does that change your preparation level each day? See, some of you, you're stagnant. You're stagnant. You've been dealing with the same issue, not because you're waiting on God, but God's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to understand and accept that you are appointed for some divine appointments and you need to begin to prepare and make some necessary changes in your life. That He has grace readily available for you. That it's time to put off the excuses, it's time to put off the laziness, it's time to put off the passivity and to accept there's a God of all grace that has power ready to transform you. If you'd make it up in your heart and your mind that you want to be prepared for the divine appointments. He has for you. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you, you look through your divine appointment card in scriptures each morning and maybe you have in the Holy Spirit testifying witness to you that there are some seasons of fruitfulness or there are some areas of fruitfulness and the Holy Spirit is gently whispering that in that area it's not today. Maybe he's whispering to some of you in your heart, it's not in this season. That some of the prepared good works are not now, but he still has them for you. But the reason he's saying not today, not now, is because preparation is needed. There's some pruning that's needed in your life. But in the waiting, don't forget there still is a date. In the waiting, don't forget that you're still appointed for some future divine appointments. That you are the expectant of God. You are the expectant people of God upon the earth. That you are appointed by Jesus for divine appointments of fruitfulness. In your waiting, don't forget. In your pruning, don't forget. In your preparation, don't forget. I want to ask you this morning, what do you have in your life that reminds you that you are appointed for divine appointments. Let me ask you this way. Who do you have in your life? See, i have found some of you, I've preached many, many sermons to you, and I've found that some of you still don't get it in certain areas of your life. You know why? Because you know what we need outside of just preaching? We need someone right next to us that will just speak right into our eyes, right into our ears, face to face, until we get it. Until we understand that what we're looking for and the places we're looking for, we're not going to get victory. That we're not going to get peace and we're not going to get joy and we're not going to get fulfillment. We need somebody in our life that's like a reminder card saying, wake up, realize that you're appointed for some divine appointments. Begin to make some preparations. Begin to accept some pruning. Make haste to the Lord's ways. Let His fire touch some areas in your life. Get some worship in your heart. Get some praises in your mouth. Who do you have in your life that reminds you that you are appointed? I'm not talking about some yes friends that you go to to stay in your misery and stay in your defeat. I'm talking about someone that loves you enough, that loves you enough to look at you and say, hey, you're forgetting, you got some divine appointments. This is a season of preparation. Don't get passive. Don't get discouraged. Engage the process. God's got more on the other side for you. See, Ephesians 2.10, Paul says that we should walk in them. Jesus says that you should go. Notice that. So you're appointed, secondly, should go. Should go where? Well, this is the Matthew 28 go. It's when Jesus, after His resurrection, He gets the 11 back with them in Matthew 28 and 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them. I'm with you always, even to the end. This is the Ephesians 2.10 that you should walk in the good works God has prepared beforehand for you. What is this? This is the Matthew 28 go. This is the Ephesians 2.10 that you should walk in them. This is, listen, going through life with the missional mindset that I am appointed for divine appointments. I am appointed to bear fruit. And as I go about my responsibilities, I go about them knowing I'm appointed to bear fruit in them. I have been set up by God to bear fruit in my responsibilities. I've been set up by God to bear fruit in my marriage, to bear fruit in my family, to bear fruit in my child raising and child training. I have been appointed by God to bear fruit in my relationships, to bear fruit in my context and my work. I have been appointed by God to bear fruit. We should go with this mindset. See, I found people who do not understand they're appointed, they deal with more obstacles to their going. That people who don't understand or forget that they're appointed, they deal with more obstacles that seek to hinder them from going and living missional. Living on mission for their Maker about making disciples i have found people who do not keep preaching the gospel who do not keep preaching the gospel to themselves throughout life deal with more obstacles to their going you got to learn to preach the gospel to yourself that's what i'm called to do it's through my preaching equip you to preach the gospel to, to yourself and i have found people that don't remind themselves of the gospel that i'm appointed for some divine appointments that they deal with more obstacles in their going. They deal with more fear. They deal with more insecurity. They deal with more abandonment issues. They deal with more temptations to be lazy, to be passive, to make excuses. They deal with more pride. They deal with more distractions. But when you live with, I am an appointed in your mind and heart, guess what? You go forward. Come on. You go through this. Yes, even this even what you're facing right now. When you live with that awareness that I'm appointed, you can go through even what you're going through now. Because you have an awareness, I'm appointed for some future divine appointments. I'm not going to stop short of where the grace of God wants to take me. I'm not going to stop short of where the fire of God wants to cleanse me. I'm not going to stop short of where the hand of God wants to prune me. That I can move forward even through this season. Yes, even through that season. Sure, there's some trials. Sure, there's some tribulations. Sure, there's some circumstances or difficulty. Sure, there's persecutions. But I'm appointed to bear fruit. Therefore, I can move forward through this. Hallelujah. I don't have to camp out in it. I don't have to settle in it. I don't have to make this my everlasting season. I can go forward. Because I'm reminding myself by Scripture, through others in my life, by the Holy Spirit, I am appointed. I've been raised up by God to be fruitful here. To observe His commands, to make disciples, to disciple disciples, to teach disciples, to mature disciples, to shine His light and to bring the Father glory. To reveal His authority in this place, that He is Lord, that He is King. He is above all, that there's nothing too difficult for my King and my God. See, to live life as one aware that I'm appointed for divine appointments If you'll go with such an understanding, listen, you will bear fruit. It's not a maybe, it's not a I wonder. You will bear fruit, praise God. Listen, you have been appointed to go, you have been given His authority to go. You have His manifest presence as you go. See, I'm appointed, therefore, I should go. And if I go, I'll bear fruit. Do you hear what I said? I'm appointed, therefore I should go. And if I go, I'll bear fruit. You're appointed if you're a child of God. Therefore you should go. And if you'll go, you will bear fruit. Because those that go bear fruit. Those that don't go do not bear fruit. And the divine appointments are fruitful appointments. Listen, God's not setting up appointments for us to fail. He's setting up appointments to show His faithfulness, to manifest His fruitfulness through our life. Oh, I'm prepared for this. Hallelujah. I'm prepared for this season. I'm prepared for the next season. I've been made for this. you got to understand, you've been appointed to bear fruit, even in this season. Mothers, fathers, business owners, leaders, you're appointed even in this season. Hallelujah. Listen, we're appointed, we should go, and thirdly, bear fruit. John 15 and 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. Let's talk about bear fruit. Listen, we are all appointed to bear fruit all in the sense of all new creations in Christ. We are not all appointed to bear fruit in the exact same ways and in the exact same places, but nevertheless, we are all appointed to bear fruit. You ever read it in Psalms 23? He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Not just one path. There are many paths of righteousness. Why? Because He's got different paths for you and I based on our giftings that He's given us, based on our personality and natural talents. See, different gift mixes affect the different ways we bear fruit. Spiritual gifts are the necessary tools for your appointments. Where He's appointed you to bear fruit in divine appointments, He gives you spiritual gifts and tools to bear fruit in what He's appointed for you. But we're all called to bear fruit. We're all called to bear fruit in our words, and in our works. And that equals witnessing of Christ. We are all called to witness of Christ. We are all called to manifest Christ. And we're all called to manifest Christ through our words and through our works. Now, our works might look different. The way our words come about might sound different through our different personalities, through our different strengths, but we're all appointed to bear fruit. We have different places of work. We have different places that we frequent. And that affects where we are to occupy it with the fruit of Christ. There's also, though, the common fruit of the Spirit for all. Let's look at it. Galatians 5 and 22. In Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Listen, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. And it's the Holy Spirit who testifies of Jesus and His finished work. The Holy Spirit testifies in our heart of the love that Jesus has for us. And it's the fruit of the Spirit in your life to believe in this love. See, John 15 and 9, Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Listen, as you know and believe in this love Jesus has for you, it empowers you to express love back to Him through obedience. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is to convince you and to cause you to experientially know the love that Jesus has for you. The more you experientially know by the Holy Spirit the love Jesus has for you, then that empowers you to have the fruit of loving Jesus in return, the fruit of your obedience. Some of you ain't obeying Jesus in areas because you're not believing the testimony of the Holy Spirit to your hearts that you are loved by Jesus. And when we don't accept that we're loved by Jesus, lies of the enemy come and seeds of the enemy come and seek to empower rebellion to try to get us to see in our life or to prove in our life the lies that we are believing that if I'm not perfect enough, if I'm not good enough, then Jesus withdraws his love from me. But if you'll let the fruit of the Spirit, love, and the Holy Spirit testify to your heart and mind of Jesus' steadfast love and mercy for you, then it will empower you to have the fruit of love, obedience, and return to Him. See, Jesus said in John fifteen ten, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. We love because He first loved us. As a pastor, my overwhelming brokenness, inability to change you in areas, and that brokenness and weight I have to carry in that, where that brokenness really meets is not so much in what you're doing, It's that you're not doing the necessary preparation to let the Holy Spirit have the opportunity to convince you of Jesus' love. You have no consistent rhythm of reminding yourself that I am appointed, that I am appointed for some divine appointments. You're not in the Word and giving the Holy Spirit opportunities to remind you and persuade you of Jesus' love. And it starts there, friends. It starts there. You have to spend time with Jesus. Listen to me. You will never display consistently the person God made you inwardly without spending time with Jesus. You'll be a religious hypocrite. You'll be empty on the inside. You'll smile but be dead in your soul. You have to spend time with Jesus, friend. He'll own his life. You got to get to know him by the Spirit and he'll persuade you despite your dysfunction, despite your inability. Despite your failures and slowness of learning, his love is steadfast. That he's on your side. That he still made you and appointed you to bear fruit for him. You got to spend time with him. See, we love because he first loved us, but you got to experience that love. Listen, I don't experience the fact that my wife loves me without spending time. With her. It's an experiential knowing. But listen, our love for Him is manifested in the fruit of our obedience. See, when you see the fruit of obedience in a person's life, you're seeing the fruit of one who has spent time with Jesus and allowed the Holy Spirit to convince them in that area their love by Him. When you look at a mature believer, you look up to and you see victory in an area, what you're seeing is the fruit of them taking the time to not be distracted by the world and things that will leave you just more empty and go in the secret place and get with Jesus and let the Holy Spirit convince them that despite their filthiness and their weaknesses, Jesus' love remains the same for them. That's how you get a backbone. That's how you get the fire of God restored to your soul. is you go with all that you have and all that you are and you plop yourself in the presence of Jesus and you let the Holy Spirit overwhelm you and testify to you, He loves you. Despite it all, He loves you. Despite it all, He loves you. In it all, He loves you. See, our experiential believing in His love for us manifest in our fruit of obedience. Now watch this. Our experiential ability to believe in His love is hindered when we choose not to keep and obey what He has made known to us. Listen, He's already spoken some things to every one of us that are new creations in here. And for us to experience and have the ability to believe in His love in other areas of our life, we have to choose to keep and obey what He's already revealed and given us light and revelation on. See, oftentimes when we get discontented, when the joy dissipates and the peace dissipates, we start looking for new instructions. But oftentimes the discontentment and the lack of joy and peace is because we're not keeping what He's already instructed us in. And so many dead works are the result of that truth. They're done out of the fear of bondage, not the love of acceptance. Listen, obeying what He has made known to us allows us to continue to fellowship experientially with this love we believe He has for us. I'll say it again. Obeying what He has made known to you allows you to continue to fellowship experientially with this love you believe He has for you. Listen, this is abiding in His love. Now watch this. And it is this fruit of love that affects the fruit of joy. Look at John 15 and 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. See, the fruit of joy is manifested in our life as we abide in the fruit of His love. That's why Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, the things about when you receive my love and you let the Holy Spirit convince you of my love, you'll be empowered to love me obediently. These things about love and obedience I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy be full. See, listen, the fruit of joy is manifested from knowing we are obeying what Jesus our Lord has made known to us and that we are pleasing Him and what He has asked. The fruit of joy is manifested and experienced by us from knowing we are obeying what Jesus our Lord has revealed to us and that we are pleasing Him in what He's asked. Listen, you cannot disobey what He's made known to you and be full of joy. If you're born again, your conscience and heart will not allow you to disobey what the Lord has clearly communicated to you and you experience joy. And when you're not abiding in His love and then you're not experiencing the fruit of joy, listen, you're an easy target, friend. You're an easy target of the flesh, of the world, because listen, every one of us has the flesh and the weaknesses of our humanity. And there's a real devil, and there's real demons that hate your household, and there's real demons that hate you. This isn't playing games. This is there's an enemy that absolutely despises you, and he hates any scent of the fruit of Christ in your life. And therefore, we got to understand the order of God in his kingdom. You cannot disobey what He's made clearly known to you. I'm not talking about a scripture you read once and have no idea what it, what it means. I'm talking about what you know by the Spirit the Lord has revealed to you. He's dealt with you about it. He's spoken to you about it. He's given you light and revelation about it. You cannot disobey that and be full of joy. Now look at it again, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generous self-control against such that are so law. When I meet most people that begin to seek to draw near to God and they start coming to church, oftentimes it's deal with either transitions in their life or tragedies, oftentimes. A lot of the tragedies are personal tragedies, meaning there is stuff showing up in their life that they don't like. They want help with it. Listen to me. We start because all humans, without the Spirit of God and learning to abide and depend on the Spirit of God, we are dependent on what we see, what we hear. we, We are dependent on our senses, our own understanding. Scriptures and the Holy Spirit wants to wean us from that leaning. Trust not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. But they come because there's... There's these self-tragedies going on. Listen, what it means is we start with, I just want to get the self-control in my life. I want the behavior to stop. I want the fruit of this in my marriage to stop. I want the fruit of this in my life to stop. But listen, that's the last thing in the verse. And when you start with the last thing and not the first thing of the process, hope defer begins to make people sick and weary but jesus's path isn't a weary path it's a light path and it first starts with the love then it leads to the fruit of joy notice the order then peace comes in your life see this is living experientially under and with the reign of the kingdom of god in our hearts there is a peace experienced within us when the fruit of love and joy are being manifested due to our abiding in Him. Think of love as being obedient to belief. Obedient to believe that He loves you in that area. That He gave Himself for that area. Listen, and when He gave Himself for that area... He gave all His resources, all His character, all His power, all His provisions, He gave for that area of your life. And then think of joy as the fruit of obediently believing. Then peace shows up. This sounds a lot like what Paul said to the church in Rome. That the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, it is out of and from having within this abiding kingdom reality of love and joy and peace that then we are able to bear the following fruit of the Spirit. We all say, Pastor, I I want to be more patient. I want to have more long-suffering. Lord, I want to be see more kindness in my life. I want to see more goodness and more faithfulness and more gentleness and more self-control. Listen, that fruit will not show up in your life until you are first living experientially, abiding and experiencing the fruit of love, joy, and peace. You will not be able to suffer long without abiding and experientially eating the fruit of love, joy and peace within your own heart. I think about parenting. I'm in it with you. And we're in it to win it by the grace of God. There's no other option for us in this day and age. We're in it to win it by the grace of Jesus. Now listen, I think about it though. I think about how times are... Ability to suffer long with the children is so short. You know what that is a fruit of? It's a fruit of when I'm not abiding and allowing the fruit of love and joy and peace within me, then I can't bear out of me long-suffering. Listen, if I'm inwardly restless and agitated then how in the world can I expect to not be agitated on the outside with some little agitators agitating me? (laughs) You want to talk about Avengers? I got a movie called Agitators. Coming to movies soon. It's not possible. But the kingdom suffers violence as it extends into new territory. It's willing to suffer long. As it extends, listen. You will not be able to be the kind to be kind to the ungrateful, without abiding and experientially eating the fruit of love, joy, and peace within your own heart. For our Father is kind to the unthankful and the evil person. You will not be able to be good to the undeserving without abiding and experientially eating the fruit of love and joy and peace within your own heart. For our Father makes His Son rise on the evil and the good. I was going to look it up and I didn't, but there's a book I read. It's a book on sanctification. and He's got this thought, and I'm paraphrasing because I didn't go back and get it specific, but I'll never forget, I read it. When we were playing a church in the Philippines, I think I bought the book over there. I bought a lot of books over there, good prices for an American. In fact, I think that's about all we brought back, shipped back, was just all the books that I bought. But what he talks about is we first come to the Lord understanding what? we got to understand His grace. The only way to receive it is by believing faith in His grace. That's like step one. Then once we're in His kingdom, we start looking for another step. We start looking for step two, but see, that's not the new covenant. Step two is to return to step one and to believe again in His grace for the area that you're facing. See, all of this fruit of long-suffering and kindness and self-control is to flow out of us inwardly learning to abide in, in the fruit of His love, the fruit of His joy, the fruit of His peace. We want changes outwardly, And yet, we put off doing what's necessary to get the changes inwardly. Listen, what is taking place and abiding within you has major effect of what is happening outside of you. It's very offensive to our pride, but we take Scripture for what it says. It says, that if we're children of God, then the Father has went before us and prepared a path to mature us. How does He know? The Bible talks about there's different kinds of trials. Why is my trial not the same as your trial? Because He knows what's in my heart and what needs to be dealt with and learned to abide in His love and joy and peace. So He allows some trials to come into my life hoping that I understand the gospel, that I'm not to be able to do this on my own, and I need to go back to step one, which is to get on my knees and say, Lord, I'm going to believe in your grace again. That's why you sent Jesus to change me, to heal me, to give me victory in this inward area. Only then can your fruit of long-suffering and kindness and gentleness, self-control show up outwardly. To have faithfulness, to have gentleness... To bear the fruit of self-control, there's got to be love, joy, and peace first within. And John 15 and, and verse 4, says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. Watch this, for without me you can do nothing. Someone say, I'm appointed. But you know what is between the fact that you're appointed and bear fruit? You know what's between it? Abiding. It's abiding. Abiding is like a word that we don't use much, (laughs) it doesn't hit us like it hit the original hearers. We're not an agricultural society, it doesn't really hit us a word that would maybe hit us is stay plugged in. You iPhone junkies, Android junkies, iPad junkies. Stay plugged in. What does that mean, though, practically? Let's take it from this great spiritual language and depth and let's just shoot it straight. Listen, number one, abiding is listening. Abiding is listening. John 15:7, Jesus says, if you abide in me, watch this, and my words abide in you. Notice the focus on his words. Means to abide is to listen to what he's saying to you. Right now, in this season. Well, to do that, you get to get you got to get along with him. You got to push away the clamor and the loudness. Because it's not what the news says, friends, what God's doing on the earth. It's not what the work says, friends, that what God's doing on the earth. It's what the Lord says to His people, is what He's about. God speaks those things that seem not to be appearing. He speaks first to the heart. You got to abide in His Word, and you got to abide in His Word as revealed in Scripture. Listen, you got to listen to His Word over your life that says, You're appointed. And what you're going through and what you're in and what you've been through doesn't change the fact that you're a child of God. You're appointed for some divine appointments. Secondly, abiding is trusting. Abiding is listening, and abiding is trusting. Trusting what trusting in the gospel. That's why I read John 15 and 4. Notice what Jesus says the branch can't bear fruit of itself, neither can you, friend. That's the gospel you can't save yourself you can't change yourself you can't raise yourself you can't heal yourself you can't do it you can't do nothing to bear the fruit of the kingdom and the authority of Christ on your own abiding trusting the gospel but neither can you you can do nothing see I don't get upset what you do I get upset when you and us as a community didn't believe the gospel that we could do it on our own. And when we face the trial, whether in our marriage, our children, our job, individually, things of our past, I don't get upset of the work and what we do. I get upset when we don't believe the gospel. that we think God wants us to handle it in our own ability that we seek to handle it without sitting at the feet of Jesus, without hungering and thirsting for the righteousness of the kingdom, which is Jesus the King. And we think we can have victory without Jesus, that we can have deliverance without trusting Jesus, that we can have peace in the midst of a storm without Jesus. That's what bothers me. That's the weight I carry for this community, is that we wouldn't be unbelieving believers but we would be believing believers and a God that can do the impossible this is the value of Christ crucified Christ crucified is the wisdom and the power of God for every need, every trial, every issue, you never move away from step one, which is faith in God's method, in power, and wisdom, Christ crucified, hanging on the cross. Trusting the gospel. I can't do it without Jesus. God knew I couldn't do it without Jesus. That's why He sent Jesus. Not just to give me heaven one day. To get heaven in this area that's hell on the inside. Not just to give me heaven one day. To get me heaven in this area that's hell in my marriage. It's hell in dealing with my children. He wants His kingdom to come. He wants it to come in beauty. He wants it to come in meekness. But He wants it to come in delivering, transforming glory and power. The kingdom of God is not word only, but it is power. It is power that there's no other name that can save that area of your life. There's no other name that can change that area of your life. That name is Jesus. It's a name above all names, it's a name above all ways that you can trust in to bring change. He might use different methods, but never forget if true change happens, it's Jesus working through the method, it's not in the method of itself. Abiding is trusting in what He communicates. Remember He said, but I love you as the Father loved me. Abiding is trusting in what He spoke to you, the light you have. Where He said, I need you to trust me in this. To abide is to trust Him in that area. To give when you feel like you can't give, sometimes He asks. To pray for those that's wronged you when you don't feel emotionally able to pray for them. Abiding is trusting that in His authority as you go, that there's never a place when you follow Jesus that you'll go that He's not already went before you. That there's not a place you can go where His authority doesn't extend to there. That Jesus is Lord over all. He's Lord over all nations. He's Lord over all businesses. He's Lord over all. It's trusting that He has appointed you for divine appointments to bear fruit. Thirdly, abiding is obeying. John 15:10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. It's to obey what you know, it's to obey what He's asking of you. We're appointed that we should go and bear fruit. Do you know that you're appointed today? Do you know that you've been saved? Because if you've been saved, you've been appointed for some divine appointments to be fruitful in. Do you know that you should go? Do you know it's expected of you to go? Do you know it's expected for you to live missional? To live for Jesus? To follow Jesus? To be consumed with Jesus? All Woodstock in the region, they're not going to line up for unbelieving believers, but they'll line up for people that get persuaded in the gospel, that get persuaded in His love, and that love empowers them to love him back and they have a joy and they have a peace. And then outward fruit of long suffering and kindness and goodness. Self-control is the result. Do you know that if you are abiding, you will bear fruit? None of us have to be prophets if we seek to love our brother and sister on whether or not they're abiding or not. There's no fruit. It's clear we're not abiding. It's like the old stories in Africa, where one brother or one sister would come to another brother and sister and say, "I see the grass is growing on your path." See, they all had private places to go pray in the in the in the bush. They don't have great homes like ours, where you got a separate room away from the community, and but they have paths that they go to their secret place to pray. And, if you know anything about a path that if you walk on that path a long time you clearly see there's a path things don't grow up on the path but when you start seeing grass grow on the path you know that's a brother and a sister they've not been walking to that place of spending time with Jesus it's the same with us I want you to know today be encouraged today that you're appointed to bear fruit God has made you to bear fruit He set you up out of sin and the powers of darkness to bear fruit You are the expectant on the earth. You are the expectant to see the hand of God in your life, in your context. You are the expectant to see the supernatural move of God in your life. You are the favored of the Lord. Believe it. Expect it. As you go, you'll see it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, Be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.